Now you're listening into Paul's Unscripted Podcast. Um, have you ever had an incident where, you know, you'd be in bed lying down or you'd be going about your day and then all of a sudden the most terrible of thoughts would come to your brain and then you just think to yourself, how could I have conceived of that? Am I an evil person? Or for example, an old woman is crossing the street and then you start imagining that, you know, she's not going to live a very long life or something terrible is going to happen to her or, um, you have these like violent outbursts. Has that ever happened to you? Or is yeah. that just like a weird psychotic thing yeah. that I have? It, it kind of <laughs> happened to me, kind of. I'm like, even, even I'm with a friend who say that I'm kind of, my, my brain's kind of work like a psychopath or something related to that. Because sometimes when I'm with my friend and, and when there's time he annoyed me or he or she annoyed me or, and then, and then that thing had been, happened like long time ago and then like we're at this cafe and stuff like that and then I, I was thinking to myself um what happened if if I like kill her right now or kill him right now yeah what could happen like, mm, what, I'm what, just what curious to me <laughs> yeah I wouldn't the, do the, it but the, I'm the, so the, curious <laughs> yeah the, the the question of what if kind of kind of blew my mind of like Oh, if this happened, what what will happen to me? What will happen to my parents if they knew this? And and it kind of throws you into a loop, uh, into thinking this um like infinite situation. But in the end, I'm just drinking coffee with her, or with him, and just enjoying my time. Mm-hmm. And then all this like <laughs> stuff serious. is going on in your head. Yeah, it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe a bit of it is how. If you're ever bored, right, there's this whole scientific study that they conducted that if you're bored for extended periods of time, you will choose pain, you will choose chaos, anything that would get you out of that, you know, lull, if you will. And I think a lot of what our brain does maybe functions that way where inactivity or being, you know, quarantine can make you go crazy if you live by yourself or just we don't really, I think, uh, can quite conceive of why certain thoughts occur to us, but sometimes it can be very dangerous. Yeah. I think I've had I've had dreams of like my past interactions with people and maybe they are of a you know intimate nature if you will and then for the next couple extended days you actually believe those emotions that were listen to your dreams are of a true nature. Yeah. But then to what extent can you say well I'm... that's not real and this is real? I mean like that kind of comes from our animalistic behavior back in like in olden days especially within the caveman uh caveman area where we are trying to survive and we don't want to be within this um bubble and back in the days of course like being a caveman we are focusing on on like uh like survival of the fittest we're, we're trying to survive the, the 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 life that we have right now and then what they usually do is they would like um be very cautious and very be very focused on the bad things for example snakes or things that could harm them rather than enjoying their their life oh look at look at what i have i have farm i have animals and i have um, like people around me, they they weren't focusing that people 
because back back in those days people were more focused on the survivals and they don't have the what can you say luxury of like thinking or to care about one another kind mm. of like that 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 is so true like yeah. i mean how many even right now it's not everybody that has the privilege of sitting down like us and really thinking but why yeah. you know and just just True. indefinitely but why because you need all you need to think about is survival making your pay some people you know collect garbage for a living some people make very little per day to think about you know bettering the world or even thinking about you know them as human being how they've evolved right so i think yeah. hunter gatherers def- definitely for a very long time would have been on their guard the whole time it would never have yeah. a moment of peace and then eventually Uh, you know, broken down in small communities because you can't possibly sustain interpersonal relationships with more than two hundred person, two hundred persons at once. Um, yeah. I, I, I read, it. yeah, I've actually read somewhere. I don't know if this is true completely, but I read it from uh, *Sapiens*, the book about how the Yucca Cultural Revolution was, you know, a sham, and uh, it allowed us to survive uh, for longer, but in the most terrible of conditions. Mm. through farming and how out of every other ailments farming was something that caused people the most stabilization they would you know be in the sun maybe without of course like at that time sunscreen or protection from the sun's rays so they would you know develop um all sorts of you know other ailments as well such as you know back aches and you know um yeah. everything else that came with it and uh, we just kept going that way you know and uh we've survived as long as we have i think um in worse conditions but i've read also somewhere that right now there are more slaves than there've ever been before which i i'm, I'm really not sure about that what do you, what do you, what do you mean by that i mean i mean we do right nowadays we do trade for services i don't know if that oh you mean like a broad slavery. category yeah um but in their terms slaves mean more of uh, people who maybe willingly you know ownership of like persons which could be maybe you know human trafficking in in their terms i'm not thinking well oh yeah okay, i'm not thinking probably. like you know yeah. you're you're in in servitude because you're you know a waitress at like a coffee shop nothing along those lines yeah. um okay yeah it 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 i'm not sure i haven't gone into a whole you know research about it but it could be true i guess since this is also considered you know um the least violent that we've ever been in the history of humankind but then contrasting with everything that's going on maybe the scales are not the same if you were to say well yeah. how do you measure this and that right and just going back to uh you know that conversation we had before too about in what ways are we complicit in perpetuating you know certain biases where um yeah. as a scientist or as you know a researcher or a learner to what extent can you use information that's been uh, acquired through unethical means right uh when they yeah. conducted those experiments on Jews and then we realized you know how long it would take uh to submerge somebody's head under water uh, until they could drown or other experiments that are horrific in that way yeah i'm like in the end you, you kind of need to draw a line where should be the last how can you say it? the last worst thing that you could do to a human i mean even even within the scientific uh, field uh, in my field by medical field we have like certain 
set of rules that we need to hire ethical rules uh, in terms of experimenting with animals uh, such as rats, mice and all that. So yeah, if we don't do, if we don't like a hyper bet, it kind of bring a bad rap for a scientist. Uh, especially when there's, there's, I think there's a case back in 2010, 2012, something like that. But this facility um, containing um, uh, monkeys that they had been like uh, used for scientific uh, studies on. And then the condition that the monkeys are in are very, very poor and bad. And that kind of um, enraged the public opinion um, on like, uh, why is it important for scientists to do like animal testing? And for me, that kind of, it kind of acts as a Pandora's but you can't really like, I mean, for me, animal testing is very, very important in terms of um, in terms of researching um, medicine and all that stuff. Because we can't really like, um, yeah, experiment on human beings unless if there's if there's like a volunteer for for it. Uh, sure, but I don't think so. I don't think that um, people would like to be in within that uh, uh, trial or experiment. So basically what we're doing right now is with the use of animal testing, uh, we kind of filter out the negative effects that could have happened towards human. Do you understand that? Yeah. So that's why, so in the end product that the human received probably going to be uh, the least dangerous kind of by sacrificing the animals and all that and yeah if, it's if kind of um, contradicting though mm -hmm. well it's it's hard but, i guess yeah? it's hard because you don't need to acquire the information for the betterment you know for you know this knowledge that could potentially save you know human lives but it's also terrible because you can't really acquire consent from these animals yeah true so that's why most most of researchers right now, especially within um, the biomedical field, they are more prone into moving toward uh, cell culture studies because you don't really need uh, consent unless you're taking a cell uh, out of a person. Of, and of course, then you need the consent of that person to like allow, us, allow the scientists to use their cells and their organs or whatnot. So yeah, moving like it is it it kind of a new emerging um feel. It's not new emerging. It's it's already it's already old for like fifty to sixty years. But well, that is young. You know, nowadays to people else. people are more focused within cells uh cell study rather than doing directly towards um animal study. So, what so would you it call kind that of the... filter out the dangerous things, actually. It, uh, so if we start with cells and then we filter out the toxic stuff and then we move on to animals and then we move on to humans. Yeah, so that's kind of the, how can you say, the, the, 
the flow, the workflow of like scientific research. Within like you wouldn't medicine. go to human yeah. experimenta- experimentation until it is necessary or required to, or yeah, if your hypothesis could be, you know, um, tested completely without having to resort yeah. to those more extreme means. I think that's, again, it's valuable work that um, a lot of scientists don't get, you know, credit for enough, I think. I definitely, yeah. like, I've been involved uh, in um, more psychological tests, but um, a lot of it uh, had to do with the correlation between certain things and they find this pattern of behavior. Um, I have been part of, you know, a lot of eye movement tracking versus, you know, my ability to concentrate and uh, recognition skills and memory and so forth. And whether or not, you know, there is any correlation at all between the two. I have had on one account um, also been involved in another study where I had to um, basically decide whether or not I want to put in, you know, this $10 uh, bill mm-hmm. inside a box, believing that I have um, another uh, participant in another room that would also believe that I would put in the ten dollar bill, and if we both decide so at the same time, you know, we'll get that uh, we get an additional ten dollars or so forth. Just mm. on I believe on whether or not you know uh, you would, and then after that, at the end of the study, uh, they decided that it would take um, like a bit of my saliva as well. Of course, oh, why? this is part of my university study. I, I, I don't. <laughs> are there are this correlation between saliva and the way that you act or, or the way that you behave? Maybe, but uh, it's oh. sounding all very um, Pavlovian at the moment. <laughs> um, ah, I, I haven't actually uh, followed up on that study um, at all, but I know that my saliva is out there somewhere. <laughs> so a piece of my DNA is out there somewhere but it's for a good cause it was like a whole consent form it was part of the university a lot of it was you know paid for a good amount and some of it was just um, you know just volunteer really a lot of it mm. was just volunteer so that was fun to do that was fun to do but uh, again implications right uh, mm, I don't believe in people sure. going on um, those ancestry sites and getting their DNA tested unless they plan to break apart their entire families because we've heard certain stories. Uh, <laughs> one being on um, Reddit that I saw recently. Uh, I'm a big proponent of the Reddit community. I use it for mm-hmm. all sorts of purposes. But in one uh, particular subreddit on relationships, um, there was a family that came out uh, about a particular problem that they had uh, quite controversial was that there were two families that lived side by side in this neighborhood and they were really close closely knitted and they had their Mm. own children's you know uh, boys and girls on both sides and then you know obviously as is the case with most uh, you know neighboring communities is that you start to develop really close you know interpersonal relationships and bonds so um, I remember that one of the boys a teenager boy at the house um, you know, decided to date, you know, his neighbor, you know, this other female at the house. Um, and they were in, engaged in, you know, a sexual and, you know, romantic relationship without having um, revealed this to their families yet. And then when they did, mm-hmm. um, they had realized that uh, actually they were the products of the same uh, father. You know how there's oh, a bit of uh, okay. incestuous relationships going on here, that's, where that's Game of Thrones thing. That's Game of Thrones, yeah. Where apparently uh, the parents had done a bit of a swapping 
uh, ceremony of some sort, or maybe there was an affair. Che- who knew? Cheating on your neighbor, I see. And then you know you exchange the children, and then <laughs> and then say nothing about it uh, without having to think about what would happen, what are the consequences? Oh. Maybe you know. That's so uh, weird. Though. Yeah, and then uh, having it this be this long Ooh. family secret, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, as icky as that sounds, I mean, I think it happens all the time. Maybe almost as common as uh, this other type of um, what we call that. Um, some people uh, have this like attraction, this natural attraction to another person, and it's uh, more so. I don't know. It's like pheromones or whatnot, but. There's lots of cases of children who uh, have been like um, abandoned at birth and then reunited with their birth parents and then feel this attraction to them. And because they've never, you know, experienced that before, they consider this intense emotion to equate to like love. And then they Uh, decide to engage in like this like sexual and romantic relationship. So I definitely think oh, it's not oh, uncommon. That is weird. What happens like all the time, right? <laughs> so if you ever, you know, uh, that is probably one of the first things that you should do when, you know, you ever get into a new relationship is that make sure you're not um, at least, you know, third cousin down, like check your lineage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, even though, even though in Islam, they, they permit it, like um, the, the believers to marry their cousin but it is not suggested to do that because i don't think it's ever if you suggested. can't marry your cousin you you're going to like it kind of comes uh as an inbreed your 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 what do you call it your your children going to be so fucked up genetically that they would die in the 10 10 to 20 years time i'm like there's like a lot like my some my not some of my friend like i have one <laughs> friend uh his parents are very very not not his parents his family are very big into this like cousin to cousin marrying thing they're into the whole cousin <laughs> yeah i was like eh, okay that's a bit is it is it to keep the me. even is it even to keep the power reason. in the family is it supposed to keep in the family's wealth yeah and Mm, probably not about the wealth. It's probably because of the knowledge that they have, this myth, this mythical like probably mythical knowledge that uh mystical knowledge that they have. So they're trying to preserve that. Um, preserve that. So oh. what happened is that um his father married to uh his cousin, which is his mother, if I'm not mistaken, and then. Uh, the problem that he have right now is that he has scoliosis, and like a severe, not a severe form of scoliosis, but there's there's a form of scoliosis and uh, a form of um what you call a uh, inbreed disease, which is very clear. So th- yeah, so from that, um, and his brother, I think he have a psychological um mental illness i guess i i i don't know if it's bipolar or something like that oh well that's uh, a lot sure. of uh hereditary genetic um yeah and that's that's the fucked up thing about it and we kind of need to understand god already gave us the sign that okay if you're gonna do this like incest thing you're gonna end up having this this kind of children and do you want that of but aren't we not. all products of incest 
I mean, if if you're if you're considering oh, that yeah, yeah, biblical kind of, records are correct, like in or terms that, of the bigger population, yeah, or even true. just you know, again, um, it it it's gotten it's gotten so diluted that it's okay, right? But the first peoples who've done it are probably like, oh, not in a good place, yeah, right? Adam and Eve, right? Yeah, or yeah. Genghis Khan, which is probably where our ancestors yeah. are from, considering we're yeah. you know, Southeast Asian. But. True, true. <laughs> True. I mean, like most of the people within the East uh, East Asia are descendants of Genghis Khan because he he raped a lot of women and ah uh, I don't know what's wrong with him. Yeah, Genghis Khan. Yeah, yeah, at least I mean, it's uh, now been completely you know um, part of the population that you're not you know noticing the ill effects of it. But I can't imagine that um, it has completely ceased. Like this whole you know, inbreeding, but also um, the male population, uh, some parts of the male population, uh, particular people that maybe feel the need to copulate and have lots of children, uh, to the point where it's honestly shocking, where in one case, there was a man who had so many children that he actually only knows them by numbers. What? This guy, like, that's very sad. Was he a spawn donor or... He- he just like he just wanted many wives so the thing about it was that he wasn't particularly he wasn't particularly rich or attractive and he was kind of disabled he couldn't walk very well and he was already old but he had these wives that um like he had a lifelong uh lifelong agenda which was to you know reproduce and have as many children as possible and uh his wives uh felt that because they loved him they would you know, help him in this goal so that they would forfeit their marriage so he could remarry and keep copulating. Oh, that's weird, man. It was just oh like, my this, God. This is, they're just like disposable, right? And it just keeps going on and on. And I think to myself, well, how do you even keep track of that? Like, you know, you're number 15. Go, you know, fetch me some coffee. You know, number 100. Number, like, number 105. Go get me some thing, some food or something like that. <laughs> Just, I mean, wouldn't it be easier to just, you know, remember them by name? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, if you remember a person by name, it would, would mean, like, a lot more for a the, lot more. For and the then, yeah, child. Yeah, face and the name and, um, you know, um, rather than, like, a number, which I think it's really hard, like, to remember. Or, and especially if it's, like, a pattern of names or like you know alphabets and numbers which is even more difficult yeah to remember i'm like even prisoners have like names that the guards like call them to mm-hmm. i'm like kind of it, it kind of even worse than prison prisoner mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like call your child by number that's yeah. kind of fucked up that's kind of yeah that is so that is. many levels yeah you know well i i don't i don't doubt at all <laughs> that these children would uh turn out a certain way in the future and having like really uh, misplaced uh, feeling you know like a lack of identity I think that's very important naming things um, naming um, you know not just things because when we know something it is no longer in the dark and it becomes uh, more palpable I think um, a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of them actually had the opportunity to do uh, a particular class that uh, talked about psychoanalysis in literature. And a lot of it was that, where, you know, um, a lot of the patients had issues coming to terms with uh, the emotions that they felt, their experiences, until sitting down and talking about them and actually naming them. 
so there is mm-hmm. a lot of power and authority that goes into you know making something known, giving it a label. Yes, it's real, but it also means that now you can you know comprehend it and understand it. There was uh, I know this is quite you know problematic. He's considered really problematic, uh, you know, psychologist of his time. But uh, Freud actually did come up with a lot of these you know theories. This whole introspection mm-hmm. thing where you sit down and um, you know without any script so called to speak or any mm-hmm. in any order you actually do uh, empty out your brains you empty out your mind and you talk about whatever it is mm-hmm. that's going on and he, he was you know quite certain that it would allude to a certain pattern which should give us insight into what this person was you know feeling and how you could fix it but that's only the extent that i endorse his work everything else is semi quite racist <laughs> a lot of it you know well, I mean, like that's an interesting like approach in like um getting to know like other people even better or getting intimate with the other people yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was um uh, a certain story that also i think really stuck with me for a long time where um he talked about the importance of dreams it's from one of his mm. you know seminar works but um he talked about a story that has been passed down uh, in his family and he's heard of it somewhere where um, a man who had recently lost his child in a burning fire and unable to, um, you know, help him or resuscitate him, the child, you know, falls to his death. And then mm. uh, as he was able to organize some sort of a funeral uh, ceremony for the child or um, if you may call it a viewing, you know, days when the corpse is still um kept in the home you know uh, being buried or um cremated and whatnot he decided that he would um have a man another person uh who would make sure that everything was well taken care of at the coffin that the candles surrounding the area would not fall and you know burn off the co- the coffin as he you know uh, briefly took a nap after having been you know awake and um extremely miserable for days, you know, grieving the death of his child. And in his dream, he dreamt that his child had come back to life completely, you know, in, in flames and looking completely disorientated and disheveled, mm. um, you know, calling out to him and saying, you know, Father, why won't you save me? And it was this very, like, mm. nightmarish image of the guilt that he had, oh you know, from not being able to save that guilt, child. Yeah. But then also it actually woke him up to see that um, the the man that he had hired to keep an eye out on the coffin had fallen asleep. And so the candles were in the process of burning his child's coffin. Mm. So there is some, you know, elements, psychological elements, but there was also this other purpose of waking him up to, you know, Mm. actually stop the burning and be able to, I guess, redeem himself and feeling like, Hey, you know, um, I was there for my child at this time, you know, I was able to save him and therefore I'm not a terrible father Mm. and whatnot. But a lot of it was just, it was just really haunting. That whole thing was just yeah. really haunting. I think uh, it's a good exercise, um, obviously, um, to examine like the subconscious, the unconscious. You know, um, so yeah, I do. I do see certain significance in that. But a lot of it is a lot of his work uh, talks about uh, condensation and talks about how you collapse certain characters, certain people in your life. You know, mm. and uh, make them one of the same, if you will. Mm. 